Yeah, you gave us uh, our daily dose of vitamin D. D oh. for Dax. <laughs> yes. Not D for, not D for the other thing. <laughs> <laughs> D for deep Dax. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the vitamin <laughs> D. The D plus. <laughs> D plus, I like that. <laughs> Okay, welcome back, everybody. This is a continuation from last episode, where we were talking about popos and back hair. Our good buddy Ryan here was getting sentimental. I've never had to hold a crying man before, but that day I had to do it through the internet somehow. Don't question the logistics. Just know that man crying and hugging happened. Isn't that right, Ryan? I mean, I wouldn't say it's the first time. Holding a crying man. It's just crying for different reasons. We we said we wouldn't bring up Las Vegas on the show, okay? Uh, well, I mean, they say what happens there stays there, but I'm telling you, those things didn't stay there. I, my doctor told me what came back. Yeah, the itching will hit it with the shampoo. It's fine. It's not? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, well, for you all, it has been possibly a week for us uh we are recording this right back to back so we're on the same sort of energy Mm. Uh, i don't know how that will translate (laughs) exactly over the week but we'll see so diving right back in you were saying with the uh uh uh, the last thing you were saying (laughs) was the thing you were saying uh i don't exactly remember the last thought i had something about um about basically i was upset because most officers are like oh it's just a job and it's not Mm. something that you can have be just a job and i think what i was gearing up to start kind of talking about and i know this has been talked about by everybody i saw an episode i don't know if you watched john oliver he went on this whole episode where he was talking about um police raids and whatnot I kind of touched on it earlier when I was mentioning like police, local police and local law enforcement have no business having military grade equipment when you're dealing with, you know, the public, your special teams and such, maybe as long as they're like seldomly called out (laughs) and not to deal with like, I don't know, crowds of people protesting police injustice, police violence, probably not a good time to flex your uh, violence muscle there. Right. I, I thought there we have, uh, what's it called? The Army National Guard mm. for for cases where you really need uh, some heavy duty stuff. But for regular duty police officering, <laughs> yeah. I figured uh, don't quite need all that stuff. Yeah. And our, so we worked in a jail. So we were not patrolling. We were not really responding to calls or special things. But our... ERT, emergency response team, as I like to be called, decided to get some cool toys that was like assault rifles. And they were talking about bringing in fucking like flashbangs and stun grenades to deal with jail riots. And I'm like, I've been here four years. Nobody has even come close to a riot. When's the last riot you saw? Oh, back in 80 something. I'm like, get the fuck out of my face. You don't need that shit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but they make a really cool sound and then people piss themselves. Yeah, and that's what, it's what kills me because they're like they they don't they don't think. And that's just a common theme amongst all these all these organizations like all like sadly police. They're like they don't think about what it is that they're doing and they don't actually properly train with it. it it's <laughs> unnecessary. It's overkill. And I say that understanding that sometimes it is literally overkill. Yeah. But there's there's no need for military shit. Like, and I, I've heard like people who are in law enforcement, they try to they try to compare it to like, oh well, you know, when you're at battle in, in in Afghanistan, you had to be on your toes because this, that, and the other. And I'm like, yeah, but you're you're in fucking war. <laughs> you're not walking yeah. down the fucking street like at your hometown. Like, calm the fuck down. Yeah, if your hometown is as bad as Afghanistan, we are suffering much bigger problems yeah and it's like you got you have fucking like there's a story where and i don't know how old it is anymore but there's like the officers who are doing the raid and they threw like the fucking uh gas canister or tear gas or whatever it is and the fucking like threw it like into a baby's crib and it like burned the baby's face up and they weren't letting the parents go get the baby even though the baby's crying and shit and i'm like 
This, these are the motherfuckers that you expect us to trust to protect us. No. Uh. No, 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 no. No, 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 <laughs> no. And I hate, I hate the concept of no-knock warrants, and I hate the idea of raids, because they're like, there's no scenario in the United States where you're going to convince me that you guys busting open a door... Because I've lived next to people who got their houses raided. It doesn't say great things about my neighborhood, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> I've yeah. lived next to people who've gotten their house raided, and I've seen like the videos. And, and having gone through training with police and law enforcement and seen videos on that, it's it's fucking ridiculous. Like, there's no reason you have to be busting this person's door open, running, gunning people down, throwing frash grenades, and doing this shit and that shit. Of course, you're getting shot at. You fucking idiot. You're kicking someone's door open who you know might be hostile. You know who's doing this. And like, oh, well, he's a danger to the community. Yeah, you're right. He's selling drugs out of his fucking house, so he's a danger to the community. No, you're the fucking danger making him shoot people. Yeah, sure, he's probably trying to kill his competition or whatever. Catch him on the street, not fucking fucking everybody's yeah, life he, up, man. <laughs> I that That's always been a, a, something funny to me. I've never been in law enforcement or anything like that, but I've been in neighborhoods long enough where I've walked around and clearly looked at a house and been like yeah they're doing drugs there that's right. that's clearly what's going on there like can't somebody just watch this place for a little bit and when the dude leaves snag him yeah <laughs> uh, i don't feel like uh, you need to you know go in guns a blazing but there's been houses like that that have just been clearly doing illegal stuff and they just sit there for fucking months to years <laughs> Exactly. And and the only time I'd say like the drug dealing is like bad and like maybe a danger to the community is if it's meth. Because if you're cooking meth, you know, that's explosive shit. I kind of yeah. get it. I wouldn't go kicking down the door of somebody who's cooking meth because throwing flash grenades <laughs> into a meth lab. Exactly. Sounds like a bad combination. Yeah. But that's what these motherfuckers do. And when I would say that shit as an officer, they would look at me like I was crazy. And they're like, oh, well, you got this going on and you got that going on. And, you know, you got to remember it's you or them. Who's going home? And I'm like, bitch, why are you putting me in that situation? They didn't put me in that situation. You're telling me to go knock on their door. I was like, exactly what you said. Why can't we just stake it out and fucking watch it when they come out? And we see like, hey, they're not a danger to anybody right now. Let's go fucking grab them. Do that shit then. You don't kick open their door. And and <laughs> that was like one of my hugest pet peeves because they because so my kids go to school and I would always talk about like sadly, as as you know, in America, the biggest thing is like with, with kids going to school is the uh, active shooters, the school shootings, blah, so on and so forth. We have them like all the fucking right. time. And I would tell my school, my kids school. I was like, hey, look, if shit happens, let me fucking know. Because I'm coming in there. I'm going in to, to, to help out because my kid's in yeah. there, because other kids are in there, so on and so forth. And the reason I felt the need to come out and say that to the school was because after going through like the, the, the training for like how they handle active shooters and all that, because you get to go like we actually got to like walk through the courthouse and deal with like scenarios for that, too. And we got to see like all the stories on how police handle it. I was shocked to learn how long it takes police to actually enter a building when there's an active shooter going on. Right. And it, it like the, one of the biggest examples they used for us was Columbine. It took him like 40 something, like 47 or 45 minutes to fucking enter the building just for the law enforcement officers to go inside because they don't know where the threat is. And, you know, they have to make sure that the officers are going in there safe too. And we don't know what's going on. So we got to get in there and respond as best we can. By the time they got in there, the kids have shot themselves. Like, the shooting yeah. was dead. They killed everybody they killed, and they killed themselves. It was like the shooting was done after like twelve minutes, and the cops still didn't get in there until like fucking forty something. You got fucking my neighbor over here selling weed, and they're gonna they're ready to kick his door in in like two minutes. <laughs> like, yeah, the fuck that seems a little strange. <laughs> and and the biggest like thing they always tell me is like, oh well, Columbine was it was like the start of the whole thing, and we weren't really uh, understanding how not. to. It was not. They're like, oh, we're just starting to learn how to deal with it so it was kind of unprecedented i was like okay cool so what's the response time now and this is like 2017 and they were telling me it was somewhere around like 30 minutes now and i'm like bitch that's still not fucking okay yeah. <laughs> they're like oh well the police are on scene you know within minutes you could go in there watch an episode of scooby-doo and then still shoot some kids right and that's like, because they're going in there blocking off the roads and doing that and then you have like oh whoever got to the scene first is the guy in charge and he's got to maintain everything no fuck all that the guy getting there first 
Should be going the fuck in there. You're like, oh, you don't want him to go in there by himself. Cool. The second you get four fucking people there, go the fuck in there. I understand the mentality of wanting to protect yourself and protecting the police officers. That's uh, an important thing, right? But in those situations, if you're not in that, if you're at that point, the police officer becomes a tank. He's the one that the fire should be directed at. Yes. Because if the if the shooters aren't shooting at the police officer, they're shooting at kids. Yes. Or civilians right. or whatever. Like, fuck. That's so. And I know that's a very tough thing to put somebody in. But that's why law enforcement shouldn't just be a job. <laughs> why you need to be proud to put on the uniform and why. Because at the end of the day, you might have to save somebody's life. Yeah, that's the fu- that's what the fuck you signed up for. Like, you knew it was a potential possibility, however abysmal in your mind it is. You know it's fucking there. Right. It, it fucking gets the fire burning inside of me, and I just want to... <laughs> it's like, that's your whole fucking job, you dickhole. Yeah, there's... I mean... It- no one wants to die, but if you have to die, dying to protect a bunch of kids isn't necessarily a bad way to go. Yeah, and, and that's the other thing. Like, when you're going through, like, the law enforcement training, that's what the fuck they're teaching these officers. So, mind you, from what I was saying last episode, where you're talking about, like, some people never been in a fucking fist fight, and you got some people who right. are just doing this just for a job because they got fired from Kroger, wherever the fuck. You got these people who you're now feeding all this information to saying like, cause the, cause some of the training is they teach you like about traffic stops and they're like, there's no such thing as a routine traffic stop Like you'll hear the, the, the media say it all the time. There's no such thing. They're like any traffic stop you go to, you could die. Anytime you walk into anywhere with a uniform on, you could die. And they'll show you these videos of officers getting shot up and murdered and traffic stops where the cop, the office, the cop is just stopping the dude to say, Hey, your license plate fell off, you know, two blocks ago. I was trying to give this back. Or, hey, your taillight's out. Just go get it fixed. Not even to give them a ticket. Just saying, hey, just a warning so someone, the next person doesn't pull you over to fuck with you. And they fucking die. Because the person in the car is like, either has a felony or is wanted for something else or is just batshit crazy. Like, there was one video they showed us of this rookie. Like, he, he, he hadn't been through the academy. So why the fuck they had him patrolling was beyond me. But that's law enforcement in general. And... This dude, like, he's trying to deal with a, a guy. He was stopping him for, like, the taillight being out. And the guy he stopped was a Vietnam veteran who was just, I guess, had enough. Because the dude had his hands in his pockets. And the cop's like, hey, can you take your hands out of your pockets? And dude's like, what? Fucking shoot me, shoot me. Blah, 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 blah. And then the cop's, like, trying to hide around the car. And then the dude's like, fuck this. Goes back to his truck and starts fiddling around with something. Which, huge red flag. And the cop's just sitting there saying, like, oh, no, sir, get out of your car. Sir, get out of your car. And a good, like, five minutes goes by, the cop trying to call for backup and telling the dude to get out of his car. Dude does come out of his car, finally, with, like, a fucking AK and starts shooting at the cop. And they're shooting back and forth. And the dude shoots the cop a bunch of times. Comes over, shoots him a few more times to make sure he got him. Goes, hops in his car, and drives the fuck away. And you hear, like, the cop, like, taking his last breaths because his... Every time his chest was lifting, it was keying the microphone. And you hear that shit. Mm. And you hear him, like, breathing and gasping and all this other stuff and then dead. So you have those people who I mentioned getting into law enforcement, being shown all this shit. And being told that they could, they're going to die at any minute because of, you know, blah, blah, blah. And this is the life you chose. Right. And no wonder you got these motherfuckers scared walking up to every traffic stop shooting everybody that you've told them to be afraid of. Yeah. <laughs> The fuck did you expect? There's yeah, there's practicality there, and but there's also like these are these are citizens, (laughs) you know? Yeah, and innocent until proven guilty. And it it gets even worse now because I don't know like if you've heard, but here in Virginia, at least I don't know if it's I don't know if it's nationwide, but in Virginia they've just lowered the the age to become an officer. It was twenty one, now it's eighteen. You can get fresh the fuck out of high school and be a cop. Oof. What the fuck? Ouch. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Your undeveloped brain ass is going to come and try to make all these decisions? Well, I mean, if it's good enough for the military, right? True, I guess. Fuck. I mean, (laughs) fuck, man. Oh, man. It's a nightmare. And it's like, you think that's going to fix it? And it's because nobody wants to be a cop because... Obviously, you get shot at and you have 
a whole bunch of horrible shit happen and you see a whole bunch of horrible shit like i'm i'm not just shitting on law enforcement officers they deal with a lot of shit but a lot of it is the vetting process is atrocious the training is a joke and that was kind kind of brings me to my next point one thing i used to always talk about was i would look around the country or not around the country around the world and see how other you know uh law enforcement like however how other officers in other countries deal with stuff and one of my favorite ones was japan because i was like japan has like i'm probably gonna fuck this up but it was something like two years of training to become an officer or something like that yeah there's actually an overabundance of police officers in japan uh so the training is very very long there's and the reason there's an overabundance of officers is there's not all that much crime <laughs> so you know you could have somebody like getting their bike stolen or something and there'll be like fucking 50 cops mm. hanging around the area because that's that's the biggest thing they got to deal with <laughs> not shooting all the black people <laughs> yeah <laughs> but don't get me wrong there is there are strong hints of racism in the japanese mm. uh police officer in different institutions now again I'm a foreigner in the country and everything, so I have to first off watch what you say. <laughs> yeah, I I I love Japan. I think Japan is really really great, and uh, Japan does a lot of things much better than America, mm. my home country. So I can uh, I can say that, but I do see things that are are wrong that could use some changing. No place on this planet Earth is perfect, right. except maybe the Hobbit village in New Zealand. Or maybe that the Netherlands. might be the only only place in the world. Or maybe the Netherlands, too. Mm. So, you know, there, there may be one or two places that are perfect, but everyone else has a few issues. Um, in Japan, they are very strict with uh, foreigners and with... Uh, your residence card and making sure that you have all the correct, proper identification and stuff like that. If you're a foreigner living in Japan and you go out somewhere and you forget to bring your residence card, you can be put behind bars or charged up to like, I forget what is 5,000 US Oof. dollars. Yeah, just for not having it on you at the time. Oof. So they have a lot of that. And the, the police officers will come up to you and ask to see your identification. I've had it happen rarely, but in my time here, it's happened a handful of times. Where they'll just be like, oh, just checking, make sure that you're not a bad guy. And it's like, cool, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> One of the big issues out here is the, their immigration centers, right? So let's say you are in Japan and you don't have your the legal paperwork required anymore. It expired or whatever nonsense, right? You can be brought to these immigration centers, which are basically jails, maybe even a little bit worse. And you're kept there until they figure out what to do with you. Uh, uh, in cases where they you can't go back to your home country... You don't have the legal documents to be in Japan. They just keep you there. Now, there is no legal time limit for how long they can keep you there. So, a.k.a. you can be stuck there forever <laughs> with no one telling you when you can get out. So, that's a little bit troubling. Uh, also, there's been a lot of stories and a lot of... Uh, investigation going on as into what exactly happens there because it can be rough so i forget they, the one guy did a whole movie on it I had to sneak in cameras and all that because there was a lot of human rights violations going on uh, also the jails and prisons in japan are rough they'll have situations where you know if you're in a jail cell and everything during the day you have to stand the whole time until it is nighttime when you're allowed to lay down and sleep. They monitor exactly what you eat and drink so you can get like just a tiny cups of water every once in a while. There, so there's been horror stories with 
with that as well. Mm. So I personally haven't had to deal with it, and I hope to never have to deal with it. But uh, it it can Japanese prisons can be scary for Jesus. different reasons than American prisons, right? God, there's a foreigner in in one of the Japanese prisons would probably be extra scary <laughs> because you won't have any of the protection that you might if you're a resident of Japan. If you're a native of Japan, I should say. Yeah, I'm scared to visit now just hearing you talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, you do some research on it. It's, it's quite interesting. There there was a, a another thing, too, with the way the, the legislation works and the actual investigation and finally the judgment process and everything. If you're going in front of a judge, it's like you're 97, 98% sure to be guilty mm. regardless of whatever your lawyer says or anything you're you're it's 98 percent sure you're you're done done so right it most of the investigation happens before you ever get in front of a judge before you get ever see the judge and everything they've basically already decided before you get to defend yourself they've decided what it's going to be. It wasn't really talked about. And for a long time until this movie came out about a Japanese guy who was on a train and he was just minding his own business. And when he got off, a girl had went up to one of the police officers there and said that somebody had grabbed her butt and he she thought it was him right and so he got arrested just immediately got arrested it was just her her word versus his and he thought he uh, i didn't do anything there was another girl that had come up and said no it, it wasn't him it was this other guy but she got scared and left right so that was it that was the grand total of the investigation was that the girl said that he did it he said he didn't do it and he went to prison right so they, they, he went, goes through the whole documentary over how it happens, how his lawyer didn't do much of anything for him and how they basically degrade you through there to just basically, they want you to admit you did it so that they can say you did it and then be done with it. Right. So they brought up his like internet history, his porn searches. They use that out in front of everybody. Uh, they were really rough on this guy, but he committed to saying that I didn't do it. I'm innocent. I didn't do it. And he held through that the whole entire time and they still put him in prison. Right. Mm. So rough, rough, Damn. rough stuff there. And it's even rougher when you consider the stigma of that in Japanese culture. Right. Because going to prison in the U.S. and coming back out you know, people will probably look at you a little bit differently. I'm sure there's going to be people who treat you a little bit worse, right? Yeah. But in Japan, it is taken to a whole new level where, hell, if your uncle got arrested, you might not be able to marry the girl that you love because her family doesn't want to be associated with you. Because your uncle had been arrested. Damn. It can be that level of, of bad. Uh, getting jobs and things like that can be extra rough. Uh, not to say that that's all of Japan, that all Japanese people do that. There's plenty of right. people that are very open-minded, big-hearted, welcoming somebody who's trying to get their life back together. Plenty of that, but there are still situations which uh, the social pressure is immense on things like that. So, you know, he only served, I forget, it was six months to a year or something like that. So I, mm -hmm. I remember reading the reviews about the movie and people discussing what they thought. And, you know, a lot of people, oh, it's just one year. He still has, he's still young. He has his whole life and blah, blah, blah. Not realizing that that has now, he's the been separated from 90% of Japanese society. From the normal working world, normal life, Japanese life, because of that black mark. So, damn. So, Japan doesn't have the violence when it comes to shooting. There is much lower crime rates here, but there are still issues with how they handle crime. They're so keen on keeping their numbers low and 
you know, the percentage of people guilty that they've caught, that there might be, might be taking down quite a few innocent people with them, you know, cutting the grass a little too low. Now, of the two sides, of the American side and the Japanese side, I would still much rather see America suffering from the Japanese problem than America suffering, <laughs> uh, than than Japan suffering from the American problem. I still feel that the American problem is much more severe and reaching and a higher percentage of suffering happening over there. But there is a small dark side of the Japanese law that should be looked at. Again, still think America way more severe, way worse, but there is still things... (laughs) <laughs> There's still horror stories to be had in in Japan. Yeah, I mean, I, I never heard about all that side, but I, I I've never I haven't lived there, so I haven't had to like worry about the same stuff that you have to worry right. about being there because that's terrifying. I, I maybe did I tell you the story of there was a guy in the immigration one of the immigration places again, uh, African guy, and they wanted him to go back to his country, but he didn't want to leave because he had uh, his life here, family, and all that. He didn't want to leave. They ended up beating him and then handcuffing him and getting him into the airplane to go. And by the time the airplane landed, he was dead. Jesus. So it's rare, but it happens. Um, but yeah, go ahead. I also say like that is terrifying, but I don't know, man. I, I still feel like the U.S. and how we deal with especially immigration mm-hmm. is still way worse. Mm, I think how we deal uh it that's tough right it's a little bit an interesting parallel to run through is that how much of america is made up of different cultures and uh foreign people Mm. quite a bit right right japan foreigners i think less than two percent overall and most of them are based around tokyo that's true right now think of japan had uh, I'm not sure where they are on the economic scale now, but going back to the 70s, 80s, they had their big economic boom, and they were the second behind U.S. in economic strength for a long time. I think they've been passed by China and maybe even Germany now, but for a long time, they were number two. Yet, you don't never saw a lot of foreigners in Japan during that time. You have now is the time that they've had the most foreigners that they've ever had, right? This is the most open they've ever been. So during their huge economic boom where they were making a lot of money, life was very good. Things were awesome and amazing. A lot of potential for growth and all that. Yet they had very little to no immigration coming in from surrounding countries. Does that strike you as a little bit strange? A little bit. So they're, I, I don't want to say racist, but <laughs> the the problem they have is sort of the opposite. We have what are, what's happening when they get into the country, how they're treated inside the country and being taken out. Japan often just doesn't let anything in. You know what I mean? I mean, I do, but weirdly that's worked for them in some in some ways, though, especially with like gun control. That's worked for them. Well, I mean, gun control can be done by any... Uh, I mean, Australia has great gun control. and uh, They did the uh, buyback thing, didn't I they? I think so. Uh, but as a country, they got together, thought, no, we were tired of this shit, and they fucking... They took care of it. And they had guns beforehand, quite a surplus of them. Yeah, that that's, that's something I was in the negative on every time I argued with people... Uh, I would argue with other deputies, and even still, I argue with people. I'm like, nobody in the United States should be armed the way we are. You don't need it. You don't fucking need all these handguns. You don't need all these assault rifles. You don't fucking need it. Right. And the they love to preach like, oh, Second Amendment rights, and my 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 my, and and we need to protect ourselves in case the government tries to rise up because that's what man 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 man. That's how it. Like, dude, one, if you think any militia you're able to form is going to stop the United States government from doing whatever the fuck it wants to do. You need you need you need to grow up. <laughs> you need to open your fucking eyes and look around the world a little bit because even you hiding in your little bunker out in the boonies, you think they're not going to send a drone over there and just 
the whole fucking but thing. Also, come on. Also, the 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 whole idea of like I could I could feasibly see that if uh if there was an armed resistance uh, a rebel rising up against the government that it would be problematic for the government to take out that many people with guns but they're not going to do that right they're they're not there's right. not going to be a, an open gun battle between the US government and the citizens that's not how they're going to beat you <laughs> look at look at January 6th <laughs> <laughs> just there there would be so many other ways of suppressing the the populace without having to to fight they're they're not going to have a gun battle and if they do it's not going to be like public it's not going to be yeah. like they're, whoever the rebel rousers are they're going to find you on facebook know all your information and you just that's it oh god that's Dude, there's so many things wrong with with us as Americans. Like, fuck, you're like, you're just touching on so many things. I want to just like, even the thing we just mentioned about Facebook. I'm like, now you have like, we're so worried about like, oh, I don't want to get the vaccine because of the 5G chip from Bill Gates. And they're trying to track me and it's the mark of the beast. Uh, you got a cell phone, don't you? You're on Facebook, aren't you? You're on Twitter, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're on Pokemon Go. They know where the fuck you are all the time anyway, dipshit. Yeah. <laughs> so even if it is a fucking 5G chip in there, I welcome it. At least maybe the 5G signal on my phone will be a little bit right. better. I, I just look at like a, one of the of things going on in Texas right now with the power grid. How oh, that's geez. putting so many people under. If you don't think like, yeah. we're going to rise up. And it'll just be our guns versus their guns. Oh, wait, now we have no water or electricity and they're starving us out. Well, Texas is weird because they're like one of, they're like one of the only, if not the only state who's not on the federal power grid, which is one of their problems. Because yeah. <laughs> they were like, we don't want the federal government being able to control our power. Oh, my God, there's, the rest of the country is being fucked, but they have power. But we're out of power because we didn't want to spend the money to winterize our right. shit. Dumbass. And then you got fucking Ted Cruz flying off to Cancun <laughs> to hide away while everybody in Texas fucking freezes. Yeah. And then blames on his daughters. That was brilliant. And then get his whole family gets outed by the neighbors. We're like, no, no, here's the text chain where they were like, let's get away from this. <laughs> And uh, uh, it's like you can't you can't make that shit. I love up. the price gouging that's going on too. That's that's uh, a plus Americanism right there. Fuck uh, yeah, well, man. the price of electricity has shot up to um, ten thousand dollars per whatever the fuck I say because you know <laughs> we're having issues. So uh, <laughs> so let's fuck you yeah, even harder. So bend over, bite down on that. Yeah, harder. Okay, here it comes. <laughs> Because there's no lube. It's going to be sticky and it's going to be raw and it's going to be, it's going to burn. And I'm going to love it. You not so much. <laughs> Dear God, man. Like, fuck. I don't, like, we're getting off the topic of just police now, but Jesus, man. <laughs> well, yeah. And in general, one of the big things is an overall happier, more jobs, more wealth having country will have less problems with crime and less problems with the police true it's, that's always kind of goes hand in hand the more happy a country is the less likely cops are shooting people or people are shooting cops it's just one of those mysterious ways the world works <laughs> you, you mean you pay someone a living wage and they're not uh breaking the law all the time to yeah. survive fucking weird concept <laughs> yeah magnets man how do they work oh man uh so we've touched on the u.s police and on japan's police which i still think japan's police are superior oh yeah me too like, at least like scores because the two years of training and then japan's gun laws which i'm not going to get into now because we could do that in another episode but mm -hmm. fuck man just those two things alone hands down puts them at a higher rank yeah, like even the UK doesn't fucking use guns and everybody's like, oh, but you have mass stabbings. And I'm like, yeah, how often are you having mass stabbings and how many victims are there compared to how often we're losing people to fucking active shooters? Yeah, just still. I don't know. I, I just put them in a room and be like, all right, you have your choice. Somebody's going to try to stab you or somebody's going to try to shoot you with an assault rifle. Which one? Yeah. <laughs> and here, like, so 
I don't know if you'll share my sentiment on this, but like the stabbings thing, I don't fully understand. And and, and I had a point about police, but I need to, to take this detour real quick. I don't fully understand the stabbing, the multiple stabbings, right? Uh-huh. You're in the middle of a store and some guy's like, oh my God, he just stabbed me. So you turn and look, right? Like, okay, fuck, where'd that come from? Huh. Then you hear, oh my God, he just stabbed me too. And you're like, oh, okay. So I see the guy stabbing people. Oh, he stabbed me. Oh my God, he stabbed me. Man, he's getting closer to me. Maybe I should just sit here and figure the fuck out what to do. Oh, he stabbed me. Oh, yeah, he stabbed that person like two feet from me. I wonder if he's going to stab. Oh, fuck, yeah, he stabbed me. Jesus Christ. Why the fuck is nobody doing anything? It's it's the, it's the that panic situation. It's one I mean, of those, maybe. It, it, I almost guarantee you it is where people don't realize what's happening. They're in that fight or flight response. And before their brain can even make up which one they want to do they're they've already gotten stabbed yes because you you've heard about they've added there's like it's not the two f's anymore it's the three f's mm-hmm. there's three responses now fight flight or freeze yeah i i i unfortunately think in certain situations i fall under that freeze because i end up overthinking something right it's necessarily i don't want to make an action until i can know what exactly it is i i think that was more when i was younger and i've I've thought about it more and I'm, I'm more try to just do whatever the first instinct that comes to mind. But when I was younger, that was something that I had a problem with. I didn't want to do anything until I knew exactly what the fuck was going on. Right. Cause I didn't want to, right. I not necessarily that I was afraid to fight, but how was I going to fight? I want to take this right. other person out quickly. And then if the shit was fucked, then I'm not going to fucking fight a losing battle for no reason. I'll get the fuck out of there. But I need to figure out which one it is. I've actually had night when I was younger, I had nightmares about that shit because I, I knew that about myself that I took too long to make a decision in those type of situations. Like mm-hmm. I, I remember having a nightmare about somebody pulling out a gun and they were like taunting with it and everything. And I, and I felt like I was stuck there. Like, even though the person wasn't aiming their gun at me at a moment, and I was like, "This, I should react, I should do something, I felt like I couldn't. And then eventually, like in one of my dreams, I overcame that. It felt really good. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I bet. Yeah. That's, those are the best feelings when you finally overcome something that's like, like terrorizing you in nightmares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I thought back to certain situations where I was a kid, like it, even just like riding a bike. I'd be riding a bike and like something would fly out in front of me. And instead of just turning real quick or hitting the brake or something like that, my brain would freeze. And I'm like, well, what's to the left of me? If I hit something to the left of me, what will happen? If I hit something to the right of me, what will happen? If I do this, what will happen? And then I end up hitting the thing right in front of me. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And it's like, fuck. And I've I've thought about that a lot. So I, I don't do that as much now, but I haven't been in a really life or death situation either. So I can't say maybe I'm still under that freeze. I'd like to think I'm not, but who knows? Also like to never find out. I mean, that's true. Very, very much true. And maybe if you live in Japan forever, you won't have to. But if you (laughs) live in the U.S., you kind of have to mentally prepare for the possibility of being shot at or stabbed. Right, right, right. (laughs) But so I'm thinking that's what happens with the the, in these stabbing situations that people just freeze. I, I somewhat get that, right? It's stabbings i guess here mass stabbings here aren't that common fine and and the shootings that like i'm not faulting anybody's reaction in a shooting because honestly there's not much you can fuck you can do like but like the stabbings i'm i'm only giving people leeway because it's like okay it's not it's not something that's super common that you have to deal with but but what it doesn't really make me mad it's just more i guess curiosity of how like people think Hmm. because for me it's like hey this guy's stabbing everybody there's more of us than there are of him. Yeah. You know, so I say we just stomp a fucking bloody puddle out of them and call the cops and let them sort it out afterward, you know? Because what are they going to do? Arrest everybody for murdering him? Because nah, son, like all it takes is like two or three people to grab him. And then it's not a 1v1 of you trying to struggle this knife away from this guy. It's like two of y'all, at least three of y'all, and then four. And then you pull that motherfucker down and done. And the reason I say that is because look at what happened back in 9-11. You had the, the, the three planes. And I think there was more than that that just got 
other like they got taken care of but you had the three planes that crashed mm. however long after that like weeks or months after that you had someone else try to take over a plane and the passengers flipped the fuck out and beat the dude mm. and like subdued him and all that shit because they knew well all he has is a fucking box cutter and if he has a bomb like he says he does it really doesn't fucking matter because he's going to kill us anyway right so you might as well take the chance versus, you know, definitely getting fucked. Right. And that's kind of like what I associate with like this multiple the mass stabbings. Like, why isn't that same mentality applied of, well, he's definitely going to stab me if I don't do anything. And at least we can overpower him fairly easily. One or two of us might get stabbed. But if you, you know, overpower him quickly, it's probably not going to be that severe. Unless you're just, you know, shitty luck and he necks an artery or something. But the thing with the, the stabbings that uh, it will probably be the surprise factor. Right. Because the stabbings can happen fairly quick. True. And then you have the surprise, confusion and panic will likely be what what allows the person to actually injure multiple people before they're taken down. Right. Because if Mm -hmm. if somebody's just walking up and, you know, they have a knife hidden on them and there's a group of six people and they just walk up behind one person and just fucking stab them. You know, the group of people that see this won't even know what's happening. If he stabs in them in the back, the person might, oh, like that. He might not even know he's been stabbed yet. And by the time that guy's already stabbed one person, he's pulled out. There's the next guy's just sort of looking at him, trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. Foom, stab him. <laughs> right? All right. Now, all of a sudden, the rest of the group of the people might start registering oh shit he's doing something he's hurting that oh i'm stabbed (laughs) because that stabbing can happen real quick just there's three stabs right yeah and now they could have been talking about something and their brain just doesn't have a chance to to switch now if you're in an extra crowded place and all of a sudden people are running and you're hearing oh shit somebody's stabbing you might not know who's stabbing who. Is it the fucking guy running at me right now? No, okay. Is it this guy? No. <laughs> you you all of a sudden... The guy with the fucking bloody knife, motherfucker. <laughs> right. But then you have to realize that that dude might not be waving it over his head like, ha ha ha, it's a knife. He could have that low and hidden. Very A knife could be very difficult Fair. to see. Especially, you know, if the guy's looks like he's panicking and running and you just can't see the one hand and then, oh, there's a knife and then you're stabbed. I guess that's a fair point. <laughs> You've handled the conversation with me better than other people. Other people just yell at me, and most of them just say one of my favorite phrases that makes me so proud. They're always like, yeah, but you're 6'2", built like a fucking grizzly bear, so no wonder you're like, oh, we should just fight him. Uh, no, because you don't need to be strong to overcome somebody, if, especially if you have a group of people. Like, uh, if that's my point, you're say you're in like a clothing store. Hell, just grab one of those, the metal clothing racks and use that. Just fucking exactly. throw shit at him. Do anything. Keep a shopping cart between you and him. Just fucking shove that shit in his way. And eventually he can't get to you. Yes. You know, like, yeah. He'll tire himself out trying to swing at you through a shopping cart. And if you have a couple people that just ram shopping carts into him, you can keep them away. Yeah, I guess that's just why I I, I guess I just have I still have trouble with that. It's like, you know, it's coming. Mm. And even if you got stabbed, like, I I guess you're still like, oh, my God, am I dying? Yeah. And you're not like thinking, oh, I got stabbed. Let me go catch this motherfucker. I don't know. Right. I'm, I'm sure there's just a lot of panic, confusion. Yeah. And just not understanding. So it's the surprise, the panic, and the confusion that allows them to get people. Because I'm sure they're only stabbing, the only people they, they're actually stabbing all happens fairly at the beginning of the attack. I'm fairly sure yeah. that it's not a 15-minute spree of equal stabbings every minute there. It's right near the very beginning, and then if that guy runs off and, like manages to sneak up on a new group of people he might be able to stab somebody else again yeah i i, I guess that's fair I, I i i still struggle with it but i i see your point yeah i i completely understand like again if me and you are walking somewhere and we heard some shit stabbing i would immediately be grabbing some sort of something to defend myself i don't know what the fuck you would do right but i'm assuming something very similar Right, like you, 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 you assess the threat. <laughs> yeah, 
But uh, my favorite, if he messed up, like you see some guy running at you and you just like, get him, start beating him down. And then some other guy runs up. Yeah, get him. Stabs you and runs away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because that. Yeah, the wrong guy. That's kind of my immediate thought is like, if I heard somebody stabbing somebody, everyone that I don't know is a potential fucking fuck off. You stay the hell away from me. <laughs> but yeah, I'm sure like even for me, I've, I haven't, you, you've probably been in more fights and in situations since you've been in law enforcement, but hell, I don't know. I've never had a knife being swung at me, so I might react differently. I'd like to think that I'd act a certain way. Maybe I wouldn't. Again, I just don't want to find that's out. That's true. That is very true. We all like to think we'll act some way and then the shit hits the fan and you're like, yeah, uh... <laughs> right. I'm, Flight kicks in, and then yeah, exactly. You just left your whole family back there to die. <laughs> I'll have another one. Yeah, I didn't mean to. <laughs> I'm young. <laughs> Jesus. But yeah, so I've, that's like the what? What animal was it that like it throws its baby at the predator so it eats the young and not it? Uh, the quite a few. I actually recently I saw this interesting thing on like uh, one of nine gag or immigrant one of the funny image sites. Where this crocodile like gets into this little cave with a bunch of ducks and ducklings, and the ducks are cool and they're just chilling there with the crocodile, and it was like, what the fuck? And then you go down and read, and it's like, oh yeah, the crocodile will protect the duck and the ducklings, make sure that they're okay, and the duckling will, or the duck will sacrifice the weak ducklings to the alligator to eat. It's like, oh, <laughs> cool, I guess. <laughs> So, Damn, nature, you scary. Yeah, pretty fucked up. <laughs> but it is what it is. It is nothing like the, uh, I will say, like, the U.S. and and Japan, mm. the, 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 the police situation in Peru, though. Ooh. Oh, well, yeah, there's plenty of other places that are way rougher police-wise. I'm sorry yeah. to say, but starting to go south from America, the police situation gets a touch bit rougher. <laughs> <sighs> yeah i don't know but I, I don't know i've been to peru those police are not respected at all i watched those dudes trying to uh direct traffic and people were honking the horns and screaming at them i'm like that's the cop oh okay like it's because apparently like way back when or not way back when like several years ago the police were militarized during a very bad time and they were used as military against the civilians there's a lot of hostility and the civilians lost trust and there's a whole bunch of corruption in the police and in the, the government yada 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 and i'm like oh that sounds crazy familiar huh? yeah. and i know with <laughs> anyway like mexico is having a real problem with yeah because I'm I'm not even sure where it's at now if because it was police versus the cartels and now I'm not sure if it's just the cartels own the police. You, that's what they say about Japan though. They're like, oh, you had uh, the yakuza there, but the yakuza took up police took up position in the police forces and in the uh, government, and that's why they're not heard about anymore. And I'm like, I don't, I have no idea if that's true. Or not. Um. There might be a little bit of truth to that, but in just in the same way many other countries have, you know, organized crime in certain places high enough to on the food chain that they're not bothered by the local police. That type of situation. Right. Like I, one of my favorite things was uh, the MS-13, that gang that came out of El Salvador. Mm -hmm. They got to be such a big problem and so dangerous and then you had several surrounding uh countries and communities that, that that formed a group and i can't remember the name of the group anymore it was like the shadows or something like that and the group consists of like of civilians and military and law enforcement and what this group did was like they were like fuck the ms-13 they're such a big problem we're fucking done being scared of them so they started hunting the ms-13 members and had them all running scared to other countries that get the fuck out they had them like getting their tattoos removed because they were doing some fucked up shit when they caught people like torturous shit yeah which is i i <laughs> i want to like be like hey that's fucked up but at the same time i mean Sometimes I guess it takes a monster to deal with a monster, but then who deals with that monster? And then, you know, yeah, and thus then the dominoes start to fall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, ah, good times. We like to think ourselves civilized. It's weird thinking just civilization in general and the human nature in general. We really think we're very, very special and we have all these 
intellectual rules and thoughts and boundaries of good and bad and all that. But then we also need to stop and realize that none of that shit really exists. Good and bad aren't, aren't a physical thing. Nature doesn't care about good or bad, you know, just nature exists. And so we have to realize that, you know, all these laws and everything that we make and we have and that we follow and we think are good are make-believe imaginary things that we all get got together and said, let's make-believe together. You know, there's no, the earth, nature, wind, water, sunlight, none of that cares if you're an evil douchebag. <laughs> exactly and it's it's fucked up to think about but it's it's need we need to ground ourselves sometimes a lot of the new social movements i think also have gotten so far into humanity that it's lost touch with reality (laughs) yeah yeah well i believe that was our second episode on the police we kind of hopped off track there for a little bit at the end but uh on the same sort of note right you uh yeah you gave us uh our daily dose of vitamin d Ah. d for dax yes indeed not d for not d for the other thing (laughs) d for deep dax (laughs) there you go The vitamin double D. The, vitamin. the D plus. <laughs> D plus, I like that. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, next time, I believe we should talk about something more fun and lighthearted. I want to talk about disappointing physics. I love it. You love it? Disappointing physics. Yes. Things that uh, in the physical world, the reality around us. The things that disappoint you most. Oh, that's going to be fun. Yeah, should be. All right. This has been Sally and the Sizzler. I'm Dax. And as always, our most special guest. I'm Ryan. But you know that already. Make sure you follow us. Like, subscribe, listen, whatever you need to do. Yeah. Just do it. Practice your knife fighting skills. (laughs) Yes. Eat gopher cakes. Gopher cakes till you explode. (laughs) All right. Love you guys. Bye. Love you. Bye.